Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, the, the UK's productivity performance has been abysmal uh, for years. It's about the amount of capital that there is deployed in the economy, both in public infrastructure and in private firms. Private firms are undercapitalized in the UK. It's about the underperformance of our cities, which is a very much a UK phenomenon in terms of uh, economic performance. This is the Debunking Economics Podcast with Steve Keen and Phil Dobby. Well, in France, they can supposedly cover off in four days the work that it takes a Brit five days to do. The UK Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, that wasn't who we just heard from, by the way. That was Philip Hammond, a former Chancellor. But Jeremy Hunt isn't happy. He wants Brits to work harder, especially if they want their wages to go up. But is it as simple as that? Can nurses nurse that little bit quicker? Can train drivers drive faster? Is that safe? Can carpenters put up shelves faster? Can civil servants write reports more quickly? Or is it perhaps not the fault of the workers? So he can moan all he like. Will it actually make any difference? That's this week on the Debunking Economics Podcast with Steve Keen. I'm Phil Dobby. Welcome along. Now, central bankers are now saying that we can live with rising wages provided they're matched by gains in productivity. So, in short, these bankers who meet sort of once a month or once every six weeks and uh, decide that they're going to raise things or drop things or move a few things around, Mm. uh, they want everyone else to work that little bit more. Mm. Uh, So, uh, of course, this is crazy speak. Productivity is a problem the world over, and it's entirely... Uh, related to investment, isn't it? You know, the fact that uh, you can only make productivity gains if you invest in machines to help workers do more. You can't tell someone to cut more hair or serve people in the restaurant faster. Uh, People generally tend to work as fast as they can unless they're not enjoying their job, in which case, you know, you you can't tell them to work harder. Mm. Productivity only comes by the assistance we get from mechanisation or automation in some way. You've ruined the podcast because that's pretty that's much the whole, the whole half hour. Good to talk. We'll catch you again <laughs> next, next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Like the, the, the reason that the productivity is such a misleading term because it does imply that you, if you want to get uh, output increase, you've got to workers to work harder. Mm. And uh, the, it's, it's measured simply by relating the amount of output to the number of workers. But the number of workers, you, you, only in neoclassical economics can you make stuff without machinery. Okay. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, let's just use a random, I don't know, let's say maybe a guy called Paul Krugman um, <laughs> who got a Nobel Prize for a model of international trade in which things were made by labor with no machinery. Mm. <sighs> it's it's based quite a long time ago then. Huh? So like Stone Age Man type. Uh, type well, actually, it's, it's Stone Age Harry Potter, okay, <laughs> because with, they make stuff without with labour and no, no machinery, that's actually magic. Magic, yeah. Okay, okay. Nice. So a magic theory of a capitalism, then you, okay, you can get Harry to wave his wand faster and you can produce more goods that way. But in the real world, uh, what produces output are machines. Uh, machines have a certain number of workers needed to attend them, and it's therefore producing 
creating a machine which needs less workers and puts more goods out, that's where your so-called increase in productivity comes from. Mm. So it's nothing to do with how hard the workers are working. It's the machine they're attending right. and how much energy throughput that machine has. And that takes investment to buy that those machines. And you're, not going to get, machine. and you're not going to get yeah. investment at a time like this when everyone's concerned about the future. So mm. we can have uh, central bankers saying, well, we need to see productivity gains, but you're not going to get those productivity gains while they are trying to knock the investment down by yeah. pushing up interest rates, yeah. for example. Yeah, so, yeah it, it's, it's hardly a policy, a set of policies that are conducive to the end they wish to achieve. But like labour productivity, I mean, I... I actually prefer to call it machinery productivity. And then the question is, if you want to get more output, you've got to get more... People, people look after those machines. More machines. The, the mm. machines need... I mean, I had an intriguing little... Um, and those machines could be computers in these days, let's be honest. So, I mean, you look at, for example, the output per worker in Microsoft is going to be somewhat greater than the output per worker in a, uh, in, a in a restaurant chain for example. Well, you do be talking service industries in both cases to some extent. But I had a, a bumped into a... But uh, one, is, one is making software and selling it. <clears> and, you know, you've, you've done the software, then the, the, the job of selling it. But you've, you, you don't need yeah. many people to do that yeah. versus... But we, 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 we scale you know, somewhat most, better. But most people alive today don't have any idea what happens inside a factory. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why we get these mythical ideas about labour productivity coming out, because uh, the people making those comments are people sitting at a desk writing papers, and they can actually think that, OK, if I write my papers more quickly, I'm more productive. And that then comes down to how you know, fast they think and how fast they type on a keyboard and are the things they can relate back to labour. But if you go to a manufacturing plant, uh, you've got an, an entire in, engineer-designed... The factory itself is a machine. As I, I like Musk's comment about the machine that makes the machine. Uh, but once you've made the machine that makes the machine, uh, then it's the throughput of that machine itself, the amount of energy it's taking in, that determines how fast stuff can come out the other side. Bugger all to do. The workers have got to be there. You've got a certain ratio of, of workers per machine. A machine will be built needing a certain number of people to, to, to interact with it, to enable it to continue, whether that's maintenance people or people controlling its throughput. But I remember I had a, a funny uh, incident in an airport bumping into a guy who was a uh, design engineer for RFC chips, the chips that it needed to locate where something is physically using radio, radio frequency. I think the RFC for radio frequency chips. And he was going off to China because they had a machine which required nine workers and made 14 million RFC chips per year. And for some reason, the Chinese factory had 16 workers and was making about 7 million chips per year. So there's something weirdly wrong. It had too many people producing too few hours units. So he's going up on what the hell's going wrong in this Chinese factory. Uh, so that's that's the real world. If you want to get more throughput per worker, you need machines that can generate that throughput. And a large part of it doesn't come down to the labor input. It's the amount of energy the machine can take in to transform matter to produce goods. Well, Jeremy Hunt's been saying that, you know, if we want to get inflation under control in the UK mm. and we want to see wages increase, then we've got to see productivity increase. So my answer to that, to Jeremy Hunt, is that people should do what I did a couple of years ago, which is just push your prices up quite a bit. Do the, do the same amount of work and as before. Charge twice as much. Charge yeah. twice as much. And hey, presto, productivity's doubled. 
uh, and uh, you know, in 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 the terms of how they measure it, which is probably not what he wants to see when he's trying to get inflation under control. No, I mean, the, the main thing is you have to have investment, as you say. You've got to be investing in a new plant that can do things more productively. Um, I mean, the, the, again, I'll, I'll use it, Tesla's the manufacturing firm you find most out about these days. So their their idea of productivity is rather than having to assemble a car out of several hundred parts, uh, you have giant presses that make a you know, take in liquid metal mm. and produce a solid cast, which takes the place of a hundred or so separate components that have to be assembled together. So your productivity rises. You need less workers uh, because you've got a bigger machine. So Britain That's is suffering. Britain is suffering because it's not getting that investment. That's part yeah. of the problem that we that we've got in the UK. Actually, mm. there was a there was a study by the London School of Economics a couple of years back. Don't uh, don't I, diss it too much. I bit my tongue. Uh, I bit my tongue in the dance. <laughs> it looked at Britain's low productivity. It, it concluded that the problems were low business investment. Yep. Tick. Top mark for that. Uh, weak management, I think they're probably right on that as well. Mm. And uh, and too few commercial patents, which sort of comes out of all of this. So not enough innovation. So yeah. not enough investment, not enough money going in. Uh, people, probably because the management's pretty crap. Uh, and then because they're not innovating, because they've not got the money coming in and because the managers are rubbish, there's no, there's no patents coming out at the end of the day. So yeah. on all three counts, that seems to be the issue, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's if you want productivity... Uh, in, in the genuine sense, you've got to be increasing the productivity of your manufacturing sector as a whole, um, not talking about workers working harder in the machines they're attached to. Uh, and and that means, you know, both good management for you, which I mean, the Japanese specialised in this and they stole those ideas from Deming or got, they got those ideas from Deming about increasing uh, efficiency through just-in-time manufacturing and so on. So those are your uh, concepts that are going to give you a higher throughput per worker, which turns up as being measured as labour productivity, but it's really got a huge amount about investment and management and the actual independent role of workers is quite minor. And if you go, if, look, if, you, if you've got a great idea, let's be honest, and you're looking for where in the world you're going to get money or mm. put money uh, and uh, where you're going to take it to the next level, you're probably going to look at America, aren't you, if we're being honest? Because there's a big market there. Management probably is better than it is mm. in, in in the UK, and it's probably easier to attract money to, to support your idea than it is here. Yeah, I saw a, um, saw a remarkable um, little video on Twitter a couple of days ago, this is based in Israel, uh, of a firm which is manufacturing meat. Mm. Okay, so a factory which takes in raw, uh, basically stem cells of, yeah. of animals, combines them with, with sinews and so on. I've seen and, this, yeah. 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 It's crazy. Uh, Why don't we just not eat meat? <laughs> I, I, anyway, yeah, okay. but but the point the point being that there's a manufacturing process that never existed before. Yeah, obviously it takes a large amount of energy inputs, and there's all sorts of chemical issues and so on. That was the, the problem other. with that, wasn't yeah. it? It actually used so much energy, it just wasn't economic. That was well, the I, problem. I, I think it, I don't know if it isn't or isn't economical, but that the energy needs of of of, of grassland. If it's the, if it's the same thing I saw, they've made enough food now to feed a family of four for one lunchtime. I think that's as far as they've got. I think it's, <laughs> it's, I'm uh, not sure. <laughs> I'll need to take a closer look at it. But an innovation like that is where mm. you get – that's what gives you your recorded increase in productivity. Yeah. You can't just say workers work harder. Um, and, and in, in fact, in some extent, a, a major motivation for those sorts of innovations is high wages. 
because if you have low wages, you don't bother doing the innovation. Yeah. Now, in fact, that's the trap that the UK is caught up in. Its wages compared to the cost of living are dreadful, um, but therefore means that you, if you want to do something, you, your mechanisation may be too high a cost compared to an alternative with a, low, with a, a high level of labour per machine. So it's not all just manufacturing and machine-based output, though, is it? I mean, it's. I mean, there's there's a lot of jobs which are very labour intensive, and how do you increase productivity there? So the output per hour worked in Britain is is about around fifteen percent below that in the United States, Germany, and France. But we are above Japan, Italy, and Canada. Actually, in the UK, the issue lately isn't that productivity is falling because uh, the output per hour. It, it, um, I'll just start again from there we are. Mm. So the output per hour worked in Britain is around 15% below what it is in the United States, in Germany and France. But we are above Japan, Italy and Canada, if we just take take that measure. Uh, and actually in the UK, the issue isn't that, isn't that productivity, you know, the output per hour worked is falling. It's actually increasing slightly mm. post-pandemic. In Q4 last year, it was almost 10% higher than it was in Q4 2008. The issue isn't that we're working less hours. In Q4, we are still 1% down on just before... Oh, okay. Do the, all this again, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so the output per hour worked in Britain is around 15% below that in the United States, in Germany and France. But we are above, for some reason, Japan, surprising, mm. isn't it? Uh, Italy and Canada. And actually in the UK, the issue isn't that productivity as an output per hour worked is falling. It's actually increasing. So in Q4 last year, for example, it was almost 10% higher than in Q4 2008. Mm. The issue is actually that we are working less hours in the UK. In Q4, we're still... 1% down on the hours worked before the pandemic. So if we want to see productivity as a whole increase, we just need to get more people back into the workforce or people putting in the hours. But for whatever reason, the great resignation is still with us to an extent. Well, I mean, for a lot of people, um, getting off the workforce is the best thing they have happened do. to them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've, we, it's such a discouraging experience. Uh, for many people that if they can manage to escape it, uh, they will. So the bullshit job effect, uh, mm. the low pay as well. I mean, it's not at all amazing that people want to get out of the workforce and survive you know, at, at a lower level, uh, but without the costs that come from going to try to earn a wage in the first place. So um, we, and also like in, in terms of Japan, one reason that Japan could be ranking below the UK is that Japan's industrial sector basically stopped investing in 1990. Mm. The reason being they had a financial bubble. Uh, the financial bubble was mainly focused, certainly real estate was part of it, but also focused in enormous corporate debt caught up in buying shares on the, in the Nikkei index. And then with the crash in the economy from that point, uh, the, in the debt levels of Japanese firms meant that rather than investing in new products, they were paying off their existing debt. And they've had about a you know, pretty much a 30-year period of very low investment. So they're still, in terms of technological level, I'm sure Japanese manufacturing is well in advance of, of British. Uh, but in terms of the innovation rate, it's gone to zero for 30 years. Yeah. And this bullshit jobs uh, element, which, mm. is, which is certainly there, gets back to that LSE 
paper that was saying oh. bad, bad management is, is part and parcel yeah. of the problem, isn't it? I mean, people, part, people... Part, partly the figures in Japan might be distorted by the... They call, they call it, I've forgotten the name. They get the, the person who gets the corner of the window, the window sitters. The, uh, rather than sacking people, you have them sitting in a window looking out over the view. Right. Uh, it's a form of social security in a sense, so that yeah. might be distorted. We see that, and that well. used to be the case here as well. I remember my dad talking about, you know, how in his day, and he used to work for ICI, and he said there are a few people in his office mm. who didn't do any work, really, mm. and everyone knew that they didn't do any work. You didn't ask them to do anything. They were still on the payroll. Mm. No, no one complained too much about it. They just, uh, you know, and you still go out and have a good time with them and have lunch or whatever. Mm. They were just lazy bastards who didn't do any work, but they kept their jobs for, mm. for whatever reason. That's just the way it was in those days, mm. whereas now, obviously, they'd be out in their Terminated. ear. Well, yeah. I mean, now we've got companies who've got this crazy idea that the lowest 1% or whatever, in terms of whatever performance measure you want to create, will automatically lose their job because that fear element is so important to keep you productive. Don't you find? Mm. Uh, but that's the, that, that is the way modern work works, isn't it? Modern businesses work. By fear. By fear. And yeah. so the idea that you will be more productive because if you're not more productive, uh, you know, the, the, be the beatings will stop. Uh, when the morale improves. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it, <laughs> there's an element of that as well. Look, we're looking at productivity. We'll come back in just a second because that raises the next question about how important is it anyway? You know, is it, is it a, are we making a big thing out of something which isn't really that mm. important? Mm. On the Debunking Economics podcast with me and Steve Keen, back in just a moment. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. This is the Debunking Economics Podcast with Steve Keen and Phil Dobby. So, uh, Steve, we are looking at productivity this week, and the, the question is, how important is it really? I mean, if, if, if a lot of people are working and they're not working predict particularly productively, is that any worse than having a smaller number of people working very hard and a lot of people being well, unemployed and claiming the doll. Again, it comes back to the, to the, to the, to the machinery using in your manufacturing sector. Mm. Productivity fundamentally is, is how rapidly you convert energy into useful work. That's what we should be thinking, not in terms of work. Right. Well, we keep on talking about manufacturing, but it's such a small slice of the UK economy, for well, example. That's, one the, that's why the UK's got low productivity. Right. But is okay. manufacturing everything these days? Well, manufacturing is everything in a in a capitalist economy. We, mm. uh, you know, we, we we talk about this transition to the decoupling, and uh, when you look at the at the individual level, you can find some countries where GDP is rising while energy consumption is 
rising very slowly. Okay. But you wouldn't like to see a 100% manufacturing economy because we'd be making more stuff. We'd be using more of the Earth's mineral resources well, I think to, to do that. I'd like to see the capacity to manufacture the goods we'll need to cope with the post-fossil fuel world. That's where I'd like to see manufacturing capacity existing for our survival in the future. But fundamentally, the belief that you can have a service-based economy, which is what Maggie Thatcher pushed the UK to back in the 1980s, uh, is fallacious because there are no great gains. If you're looking in in terms of service sectors, you can't get much of an increase in productivity. You can't cut hair twice as fast as as another barber, uh, you know, unless you don't mind poking your customers in the eye with their with your scissors uh, there are limits to the uh, to the rate of, of a labor-based productivity system there are no limits to a machine base because you can design a machine that can consume more energy and produce more output right. and that's that's where the real if you want to see gains in productivity it's through manufacturing not through the services sector right but you seem to be saying then i should actually be if i'm going to be a productive member of society i should give away this game of just talking on the radio and podcast and i should <laughs> well, go and get a job go and get a job in a factory somebody will get a luxury job and you might as well enjoy it and it, it, it's you know i mean I saw, I saw a wonderful comment from an artist recently uh complaining about the the lack of support for artists and, and getting this power oh, you just be buggers are just you know um, time wasters etc etc and the response by an artist was to say I'd like to have, have an enforced rule that for one week you couldn't watch a movie mm. listen to music uh, just turn on the television go through YouTube but it's all, but see it's, how long you'd survive yeah, but, like that yeah. so you know there, there's a range of needs but we're well you'd be more productive because you spend more time down at the factory couldn't you rather than wasting it watching all that uh, arty stuff but I mean if if I mean I am part of the productivity productive capacity of the country Mm. so like you know lots of other people in all sorts of different lines of work i work so many hours Mm. i earn so much money so Mm. the hours work by the money that i make is my Mm. is my contribution to productivity Mm. you're not going to improve it unless i charge more or i um somehow talk faster i don't know how i improve my productivity so i mean but but it doesn't so in my case it doesn't it doesn't matter so that then raises the question, does it really matter? Is too much made of productivity in a non-manufacturing well, so again, environment? It's, it's, it's because we say labour productivity, we think it's how hard workers work yeah. that determines output per worker. Yeah. It's, but you're it's, saying it's that it's the quality of the machinery see, they right, work for with. For sure. But okay. um, my argument against that is that we can't be 100% manufacturing no, we can't economy. Be, we certainly be more than the UK has ended up being. Yeah. I mean, one of the shows I used to love watching as a kid, uh, we're now talking 60 years ago, was called The Plain makers. Did you ever see it? No. Okay, it was about a British company manufacturing aeroplanes. Do you believe it? Yeah. Okay. There used to be a big aeroplane. Exactly. Industry. Is there one now? Well, there is, but yeah, for spurious making no, making the, making the, well making equipment for aircraft or or you've drones. Got, you've got parts of the Airbus and so on manufacturing. Well, no, and also we've got British aerospace industries which are there making weaponry, basically. Yeah, yeah, so well, we that, do yeah, it. Along with shoot people. We've got yeah, exactly. So long as it's yeah. to, to do with destroying yeah. mankind, we're in that's there. A good basically, one. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah British are good at that. Uh, that's maintained tradition here. Um, but yeah, that's that's the the problem. 
problem. You've, you've deliberately decided to downsize your manufacturing sector, and now you're emerged, you're not getting an increase in labor productivity. It's because you have an undersized manufacturing sector that you have that problem. Hmm. So we could, the government could step in here, couldn't they? Because it, because it comes a bit of a circular argument, doesn't it? Mm. If we're not seen as being particularly productive, mm. then uh, companies are going to say, well, why invest in the UK? Because it's not a very productive economy. Mm. Uh, so we'll go and invest in the United States instead. So you don't get foreign investment and you mm. need some foreign investment uh, unless you're going to have domestic investment. And the banks are all there saying, well, we don't want to invest in machinery because we're too busy investing in houses. So the government surely has to step in, you know, rather than the Chancellor saying we want to see some increase in productivity. He's got to put his money where his mouth is, surely, and say, well, okay, let's provide let's some innovation. government. Yeah, yeah, let's put yeah. investment ourselves into, yeah. into this. And that's like the, you've, you've got a balance between the two. You've got Mariana Mazzucuto's case about the, what's called the entrepreneurial state, and it is quite possible for the state to provide the finance that enables innovation to take place. Hmm. And you've got Jane, Bill Janeway on the other side talking about private entrepreneurs having large amounts of money where they can afford to lose uh, and therefore they can afford to take risks and get those, you know, one in, one in ten products that make an enormous gain making up for the nine that fail. So you need to have the capacity to be able to waste money, inverted commas, mm. to be able to spar innovation. And both the state and the private sector the wealthy private sector have that capacity. Um, so it's just being aware that there's a symbiosis there rather than a, a rivalry. So it's got to be banks prepared to take risks, or which is not going to happen, or governments yeah. uh, owning or, banks or operating banks yeah. that are prepared to take yeah. risks, which so is always sort of like we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast about how you know China sort of embraced the market economy but mm. basically provided government funding to, to provide that risk element. Mm. We need, need to follow that sort of model. Yeah. And, uh, and that, again, we come back to the lack of understanding of the financial sector and the fact that the financial sector fund Ponzi schemes in driving up house prices and share prices mm. rather than actually getting, doing investment. Right. So we should be, you know, you've got to make the finance sector into a servant, not a master. Well, I think there is an investment bank, government-owned investment bank, isn't there? But it needs to be more made of it, I think. And then if, if that was the case, maybe they could start to in, involve more private money into it as well. So mm. sort of like uh, share the risk. So maybe that's the, the, the way forward. The other issue is infrastructure. So I was uh, I was talking to a guy called Peter Cochran, who's a, a former chief technology officer at BT on another podcast I do called The Y Curve, there which is go. always mm -hmm. worth a listen. Uh, and he was complaining about how uh, our productivity in this country, in the UK, is basically uh, impacted by infrastructure. And uh, he also said spurious management decisions as well. You know, mm. he said the good old days when he was at BT, important decisions were made by engineers. Uh, yes, and, rather than financiers. And so they built stuff that worked rather than having it uh, influenced by uh, management, which is why, he's, you know, his concern is that we're building a telecommunications infrastructure, which is not fit for purpose because it's based on short-term thinking by, mm. by managers. But he also pointed to infrastructure, not just the fact that, you know, our, our, our telecommunications infrastructure might not be fit for purpose, but also the fact that you can't get anywhere in Britain without being stuck in a traffic jam or train delays. Mm. Uh, and all of that obviously impacts your productivity. And you can see China at the other extreme where you know, the whole country is crisscrossed with high-speed rail yeah. uh, for, for both uh, goods, uh, for both humans and goods and services. And uh, so, yeah, a, a national focus on f what actually generates productivity, which is both infrastructure and machinery, that's going to give you the growth, not saying tell workers to work harder.
No. And, and or yeah, and you can perhaps work a little bit hard if you're working from home and the infrastructure's working properly. You know, if you mm, you mm. know if the internet's working and the speeds are there. I mean, he made the point that uh, you are, for example, much more productive. We all have teleconferencing, you know, and the the impact that we had from uh, from COVID. Obviously, we all jumped onto Zoom, mm. and that was sort of okay. But he said, but when you've got high speed. And you're looking at people and you can see the blink of their eye and you can see their facial expression. And more to the point, it's not the speed, it's the delay. High speeds mean less delay. Mm. Uh, then you have that more effective human communication. So uh, people communicate more effectively. They are more productive as a, as a result because they get stuff done that much quicker. But it's also like you know, back to manufacturing again. You, you, can't, you can't send manufacturing goods via Zoom. Uh, you've got to use the physical infrastructure to get it there, uh, and if you have a, you know, a, a deficient transportation system and uh, cumbersome distribution systems, you're going to lose out to a country with efficient uh, ones on in, on both fronts. And the UK has just de-industrialised itself so much that it, if it wants to turn that around, then it has to go back to re-industrialising and building those engineering skills. That's that's what you fundamentally need. Plus investing in right. infrastructure, but that's a not, huge, that's a big turnaround. It won't happen. It won't happen. So mm. you know, Jeremy Hunt's going to continue whinging about uh, low productivity and thinking of telling workers to work harder. He can cause it to rise. Well, but you know, he's it. he's starting where he can control because he's just announced mm. a new drive to improve poor productivity in the public sector. So it is supposedly the most ambitious public sector productivity review ever undertaken by a government. Uh, so I have to see what they come back with. Uh, strangely, they've announced it just now, but mm. they're not going to announce the results of this review until uh, late autumn. I would have thought if it's a productivity review about increasing productivity, they'd mm. say, we'll do it in a couple of weeks. Wouldn't you? It's, I mean, he should start by he should start by saying we want this quick. We want to show how productive you can be. Turn it around in a fortnight for us. Mm, mm. Uh, but that's the extent of his thinking, because obviously in the public sector, because there'll be people. Yeah, they need to type faster. Need to get your typing speed up. Mm, talk faster than the minister. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'll enjoy that. Yeah, and yeah. you can be at work on time. Uh, there'll be someone there to, to monitor that time and motion study expert will be there making sure that everyone in the mm. public sector is performing to their best of their ability. I don't know. It's, it's all actually it's like it sounds like Brazil, if you know the movie. Yeah, it's exactly like uh, Terry Gilliam's mm, uh, yeah. vision, isn't it? Yeah. So it's on being quoted that in France, they can work in just four days and still be as productive as Britain is in five days. So they're not a heavily manufacturing based they are. Economy. this is what oh, people right. don't realize that i mean you know france is probably the most has the highest level of nuclear power stations of any i mm. think pretty much any country in the world and they're mm. domestically designed and manufactured um uh, they they blew the car industry unfortunately back with the citroen which was in some ways the world's most advanced car when it came out um but they there's an enormous amount of domestic manufacturing in france and uh, they even have done, like back in the old days of VCRs, they used to have little tricks like having one person to open and inspect every, every VCR box coming from Japan, which sort of benefited the French manufacturers rather well. Um, so that, yeah, France has got a much stronger focus upon manufacturing and domestic infrastructure uh, than people realise. Yeah. OK. Well, that explains it then, doesn't it? It's partly the explanation. The, yeah. the other thing as well is, I mean, if they can work, uh, you know, if, what what we take five days to do, they can do in four. Mm. 
Uh, the, the question is, would they just stop at four? And the answer is probably yes. Well, the French they, would go in that direction. They're fighting over the pension issues at the moment. Yeah, so, and they have yeah. re, and they have regulations on the total number of hours that you can yeah. work. So actually, yeah. I mean, there's another factor as well. If you push people too hard, you get burnout, and then they become less productive because they're you know you're pushing them too far. So mm. there's well, got to the be French actually turn burnout into a, into a, an activity when they get angry. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally burning they out. Literally, exactly. they burn things out. So I mean, there's the other element as well, isn't it? It's just the question of balance as well you know you've got to make sure that people have that work-life balance which again is the danger if you talk about productivity too much to push people too far and that becomes counter counter-effective yeah and you, you know, that's where sabotage comes from putting sabotage into the into the production line but yeah you've got you've got to get, be getting a benefit out of this as well there has to be some perception of benefit from the workers out of out of out of that increased productivity and that's what in capitalism's healthy phases that's what's actually happened because we're so financial you can't get that gains. And a huge part of what they call the service sector is actually people creating debt to you know, encumber other people and drive up asset prices. That doesn't produce a damn thing. No. So, of course, you're going to get low productivity measures coming out of that. But someone's not going to say, well, let's invest in the UK because we because uh, they need help getting their productivity up. No. They're going to invest in the UK because they go, well, we see an opportunity here where we can make some money. And they're obviously not seeing that, which is why that investment is not happening. Yeah, and so both, both, both international and domestic. So yeah. focusing on productivity is not not the issue. I mean, that's a that's a and you know, in some ways, I mean, Jeremy, if you want productivity, you want to invest. Yeah, and and, that's, and, you, the, and that's, the, the, that's the, what they're not. The aim about. is not the end game of that is not to increase productivity. It's to for the investor to get a return by yeah. selling something that they weren't selling before. When uh, which you know then makes people more productive because they are gainfully employed in something which is creating a greater return mm. than than for example working for Jeremy Hunt in the in in the public sector. But in the meantime, mm. uh, you know, you you think well, Jeremy has got to be careful for what he wishes for because actually having uh, a more productive public sector will mean he needs less civil servants which means you know it's going to be more people who were civil servants who can't find a job because there's nowhere else to go they're just going to be unemployed so you're going to end up paying for them anyway maybe it's better to have them sitting around the office working at half the speed because uh, you know you, you, either way they've got to be paid a living well the ratings are the demand side of the economy hmm. but uh yeah, I mean, the public service as well, I've seen that gets denuded over my professional career. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, they, they now see the role of being like public relations rather than public servants mm. uh, for the current political masters. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I prefer the days when there was, well, there was frank and fearless advice and those days are well and truly well, gone. The other thing as well, if you've got that focus on productivity, then you're, you really are focused on, on uh, task A, getting a result, rather than, oh, I've got half a day here, I need to start thinking about something. And, you, you know, you've got time to pontificate and actually, you know, start thinking about things in a different direction. If you are so focused on productivity, you've got no time for you know, thinking about things in a bit more depth, perhaps. Maybe well, it's Well, that, that comes to intellectual workers, and mm. like a, a large part of... Well, civil know, servants maybe should be intellectual workers, don't you think? They should be to some extent, definitely. Uh, there's also a large part of process work in, in, in being in the, in the public sector. But, yeah, if you want people coming up with... Uh, uh, you know, there's high-level serv public servants coming up with decent ideas or innovating in publicly funded uh, research institutes, then a large part of their productivity does come out of serendipity. It's the ideas you get when you're not in front of the machine yeah. that often lead to the, the major advances. So, but that, that's, again, with it's very different to talking about somebody working as a manufacturing worker in a process system. 
somewhere. Um, and even there, I want one major reason that Japan had such gains in productivity uh, under the Deming system was that under the Ford system, uh, when the production line started, that was it, and things went through at the speed of the production line. And if the worker couldn't keep up, then the defect had to be repaired further down the line. But with the Japanese system, every worker could stop the production system. This comes down to, to Deming's ideas. And therefore, what you do, you stop the production line at one point, work out why things weren't working properly, repair that part of the system, and then on you go again. Mm. So you'd go through a very, very slow ramp up of productivity when you first started. But by the end, uh, there was no need to rework anything. So your productivity went through the roof. So it, it's, but again, it's, it's focusing, it's understanding manufacturing. And that's the last thing I'd accuse Jeremy Hunt of understanding. Yeah, or anything else. Pretty uh, close. <laughs> that's it for this week. Next week, uh, local economies. So we might have touched on this before, but I want to revisit it. Britain, and this obviously applies to many other parts of the world as well, but it's more pronounced in Britain. All the money's made in the southeast of England. Mm. Uh, Boris Johnson, remember him? Uh, perhaps not. Uh, he was talking about levelling up. Uh, how's that going? Is that uh, just a, something that was talked about briefly in the mm. history of time and largely forgotten about? We'll look at... Uh, the localization of economics next week on the podcast. Okay. The Debunking Economics Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy the Y Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search the Y Curve in your favorite podcast app or go to ycurve.com to listen.